you know that we've got a great episode coming up. It's off day for the Brooklyn Nets, but it doesn't mean it's an off day for the news. We're getting back Kevin Durant. We're getting back LaMarcus Aldridge. We're even hearing that Kyrie Irving is ready to start ramping himself up for basketball activities. And for all those reasons and more, we dive in on what these rotations will look like, how valuable this last two-week stretch has actually been for the Nets in spite of some difficulties. It seems like we come out the other side, Doug, feeling even stronger about our boys in Brooklyn. Yeah, getting healthy. Uh, kind of everything's worked out in the short term, and you know everyone looks like they're coming back healthy. Minutes have really uh, <laughs> dropped down in a way that we were rooting for. So, uh, got to look at this as kind of a win over the short term for the Nets. We'll talk about some of the upsides, a couple of the downsides. Got a packed episode for you, but first, the theme music. You are locked on Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And with that, we welcome you back to the Locked On Nets podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day, where, of course, he is at Doug Norrie. I am at Adam Armbrecht. And we are thankful that you make us your first listen of the day free on all the great platforms wherever you get those needs fulfilled. Doug, Christmas may be over, uh, but the gifts keep coming for Brooklyn as we get exciting news around players coming back from quarantine, uh, the protocols, and ultimately, biggest name first, Kevin Durant is back on the floor. Yeah, so he clears protocols, and he's going to be back. This is right in that expected timeline. It's been 10 days. Um, you, I, I think at that point, I'm not even sure you need to re- keep returning to negative tests. I think you can just, once the 10 days, I'm not exactly sure about that rule. It doesn't matter. Uh, he cleared protocols, and he's going to be back. LaMarcus Aldridge is going to be back, too. And I got to tell you, like, COVID aside, <laughs> because I always got to couch everything by saying, you know, obviously we all wish COVID never happened. Um but the Nets really, you have to look at this like time period that they were missing basically at some point every single guy from the team as kind of nothing but a win all around from like a record standpoint, rest standpoint. We'll get into all that stuff. But 10 days later, the team was decimated by COVID positive tests and they went two and one and got their best guys rest. Like, I don't really know. Like, if you look at it from the, if you couch it in that, in that kind of thing, like it, you have to think, Okay, well, that wasn't so bad. I like everyone's healthy and they're all going to come back, and it's kind of what the Nets needed. Yeah. And when you go back and think about when you didn't have James Harden, you didn't have a lot of the veterans. What have we gotten over this stretch? Strictly keeping it to what's gone on in the basketball court. You've gotten exposure for young rookie players that have shown they're capable of contributing. You've gotten much needed rest for key superstars like Durant and James Harden. And you've gotten wins, which I think is, as we were talking about coming out of that Clippers game, obviously the LA game as well. Nothing diminished behind James Harden and what he was doing for the team, but just kind of getting this sense of the team is deep. It's deep in the right positions. They can outperform other teams that may be struggling from injuries, absent players, or just kind of middle of the road. That's all fine, well, and good. But this is a team in the Brooklyn Nets that has not had as much full strength as we maybe wanted them to have to this point in the season. Not many teams have in the league, and they're still finding ways to have success. But the rest component, and we're going to get into Aldrich and what that means at the five. But from a Kevin Durant standpoint, and you had gone uh, into these numbers previously, going back a couple of weeks, almost right before this all kind of happened for Brooklyn, saying 
things were looking concerning about how much you were depending on Kevin Durant and James Harden. Now, all of a sudden, that starts to swing back a little bit, and we can feel a little bit more comfortable about what we're doing with those guys. Yeah, let me. I'll get to that in one second. Let me just correct something I just said because I was only doing it around the Durant protocols. Um, I forgot that they also had lost Harden previously. And mm-hmm. basically, if you look at from when they lost Harden on the tenth, so that was the game right after the game, the win against Atlanta. Then he goes out, and Durant kind of shoulders a load, and then um, Durant goes out in that stretch, which ended up being a total of uh, seven, no, eight games. They went. No, sorry, seven games. They went. Oh, Jesus, seven games. Yeah, they went six and one. <laughs> no, no. So they won six. Oh, geez, they won seven to one. The eight games, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm losing it here. Um, yeah, but like they, that's so they just kind of won all the games, also. And then um, in terms of the minutes, so uh, previously, this is like two weeks ago, we did a podcast where we were sort of lamenting around how many minutes Harden and Durant had shouldered at that point. Right? They were like they were something like the two high, two in the top ten most minutes per game. And then, like, total minutes, they were both within the top. Like, one was in the top 10, one was in the top 20. And we're like, okay, regular season, that is going to be a problem if this trend continues because they're just going to be dust by the time the playoffs start. And now, when you look at what their total minutes are, and this is even crazy when you consider how many other guys in the league have been lost, that kind of – it hasn't actually worked out perfectly for every team. But now, in terms of total minutes – Harden is ranked 27th in total minutes and Durant is 41st in total minutes. So all of a sudden they're just, they, yeah, right. They just dropped so <laughs> far down the list in terms of how many minutes they played compared to the rest of the league and kind of just won all their games in that stretch too. <laughs> like they're 23 yeah. and nine and sitting on top of the East. So again, it's the best, weirdly the best of all worlds from a basketball standpoint when it comes to those two things, because they maintain their position on top of the, on top of the standings and they just those guys just haven't shouldered as much nearly as much of a load. I will say they're a couple games behind some of these teams, so it, some of this will even out because they had three games postponed, so they played a few games less, and you figure that's going to sure. even out a little bit. But they're not going to jump into the top ten again, right? Like they're not like that's like that's what's not going to happen. No, and I think the other thing is too when you look at the the way the schedule broke down there. First of all, we had said when we were looking at those minute shares, saying. At what point do you just sacrifice some games and say, if you're going to lose, you're going to lose? I was saying, play all the rookies. Who cares? Lose a couple of games. So to your point, when you can still be winning those games while getting these guys rest, that just completely also changes the way you approach the back end of the season. So all these things, I think, continue to build up in a very positive way for the Brooklyn Nets. But then the other thing is when you look back over the schedule, again, Harden, Durant being the key players we think about. But remember, they play the game on December 18th. They lose to Orlando. That's the one loss over this stretch. Then they get the next three games postponed. They play on Christmas Day. They play yesterday against the the Clippers on the 27th, on Monday, excuse me. And then they'll play again on the 30th. Like, the the nice thing here is, too, they're only playing three games over a nine-game stretch. So because of the postponements, you also get rest to everybody on the roster as well. So, I, 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 like you said, couching it in basketball-related, you saw where Kevin Durant was right before he entered into protocols, kind of feeling like I'm doing it with these rookies and it's exciting and it's awesome. And also, even when we said not as bad, didn't take as many minutes in, you know, in air quotes here for people on YouTube, it was still almost 40 minutes in order to get those wins. You weren't feathering that so far that you were going to start to be able to really save him. So it just, 
I, I hate to be gluttonous about it, but it does feel like the Nets got the best of every single angle of this because no one was reported to have any health concerns. Everybody got rest. The Nets kept winning games. And now when they come back, they'll still be the best team in the league. It, it, like right now, in my opinion, they seem to be the team that has everything running in the right direction right now. Now, some of this will come back later. Like they're gonna like they they. It's a little bit of Rob Peter to pay Paul here because these games have to get replayed, and the schedule is already kind of condensed. So it's going to be, it's going to some of these games are going to end up being back to backs or like you know weirdly scheduled and kind of just slotted in at weird times because that just is what needs to happen to make sure it can get done. So like it's gonna end up being something where they, they it's it's a little bit of kicking the can down the road now the good thing is though around this is that they built those because unlike some other teams that got hit by hard by covid and then sort of floundered with these you know makeshift skeleton crews the nest kind of just won all their games so even when it does get slotted in later they they gave themselves such a runway that it's just not going to matter as much Right. Like because they because they took care of business in the times that they needed to the uh, I don't think it's going to hurt them in the same way that it might hurt some other teams who are fighting for playoff positions later. Right. Like because like they're just they're just in better shape when it comes to that. Well, and the funny thing is, too, like just I was quickly like glancing at the schedule where they slot in these games that gets postponed. We'll take a look and see. And actually, I'll get to that in a second here because it, it. It'll be interesting where they slot in, but we had said early in the season around uh, back-to-backs for the Brooklyn Nets, longest road trips for the Brooklyn Nets. All those things were pretty favorable for them already. But before we get into it, Doug, let the people know about our friends over at Truebill. Oh, my gosh. You've done this before. You signed up for one of these free trials. The companies know what they're doing with these. They get you in on the free trial. It's enticing. You're going to get it for free. You're going to remember to cancel. Wrong. You forget. And then all of a sudden, your credit card is getting hammered uh, monthly. Maybe you don't even notice. You got to get true bill. They take care of this for you. Don't let those uh, companies pocket your money. You download Truebill and you take back control of your subscriptions. Uh, it's a new app that helps you identify, stop paying for subs that you don't need, want, or maybe you just simply forgot about. On average, a Truebill member can save up to $720 a year. This is how many free trials you just, you don't even realize what you're doing out here, folks. Like these things just rack up over the course of the year, but they don't. Once you got Truebill, Truebill is your concierge to make sure you can cancel those unwanted subscriptions. They do it so you don't have to. You want a little testimony? Two million users that have helped the Truebill has helped save them over a hundred million dollars. That's a lot of green. Don't fall for the subscription scam. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash locked on MBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash locked on MBA could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on MBA. And of course, thank you for making us your first listen, the Locked On Nets podcast. But obviously, make the second listen, the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from all of our local experts. It's essentially something that only really the Locked On uh, network can afford to do because we have every single team covered. It's a fantastic way to get a little bit of a daily dose around what's happening around the league. Also free, so you can go check that out if you want to. The schedule, as I was saying, is when you look at it right now, coming out of this, I was saying, the nice little gap there that they had as far as where things ran. When they start up here on December 30th, they're basically in an every other day scenario. Three home games, then they have one on the road right back at home for two. One on the road right back at home for two. That big stretch we talked about maybe for Kyrie Irving, who, by the way, also came out of these protocols. It's just 
feels like not worth getting into yet because we don't know when his first game will officially be. But uh, nice... Real quick, I'll just jump in there. They said about one to two weeks of a ramp up. So right. they gave, so... Um, I never trust the NBA. I never trust the Nets with these timelines. <laughs> <Right. laughs> one to but two weeks, that, he could start tomorrow if they were on the road, yeah. or he could also start in a month. But if that one to two weeks plays out, you're looking at the road trip starting January 17th in Cleveland. There's a four game stretch there. But the point is, like when you run through this, it's every other day, every other day, rest day in between all the way through. I mean, the bulk of the season, you're into you're into mid-February before you catch like a back to back before. And they also get a nice break around the All-Star All-Star game, which I think will probably be where any of these teams that saw postponements or need to make something up. OK, you were going to have it ends up looking like a week off in and around it. Yeah, eight days. So maybe you sacrifice it. and You only have six days off around the all-star game and who knows maybe kevin durant who's definitely going to be on the all-star team i listen i'm gonna assume he's gonna play i was i was about to i was about to say kevin durant might not go to the all-star game but based on his desire to play basketball that that would probably be one of the worst takes you could have but you can still sacrifice a couple of days around there and not diminish it too much now who knows what can happen going forward but the point is the net schedule is not so unmanageable that even having to make up these few games it's not going to derail them. It was really important that they got the rest when they did. And now Kevin Durant will come back. We'll see how that works out. The next big piece, I think, is, of course, uh, looking at the bigs because LaMarcus Aldrich is also set to come back. And we've been praising, along with James Harden and the connection that he's had there, Nicholas Claxton. How different does it feel? Let's go from the start of the season, right? How different does it feel from where we were at the start of the season at the five position for the Brooklyn Nets when Claxton started, then immediately was out of the rotation, out of the lineup, and it took a little bit of time before Aldrich officially got that starting role. All of a sudden, it does feel like, to me, the Nets have a real strength at that position that felt like it was going to be depleted at this point in the season. Yeah, like, this is what so, the sort of the, the theme of the Nets season so far has been, for the most part, when you're on the court with the uh, with the superstars, especially as they've um, just been looking better and better, specifically Harden, uh all the guys around them have looked better too. Like how many it's, it's been way more often that we've sung the praises of players this season than we have um, kind of put them down. I think we can actually probably isolate just a few of the players that are probably standing out as not having earned probably too much more run on the team. I'm not going to get into those. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. I would so say it's Carter and Millsap. I don't think, like, I don't think that's it's not really a secret. So, but I think when they come back, I think when the Nets get fully healthy again, I would like to see a return to what they started the season with around Aldridge coming back off the bench and Mills coming back off the bench too. And I think it's interesting because we saw from last game that well, it's, and this will all totally shift when Kyrie comes back too for these road mm -hmm. games. So this is where they're going to be a constant mixing and matching. But if we learn that from the last game, that if having maybe Durant and Harden on the floor together, if it's going to open up more space to even play these like double Bruce Brown, DeAndre Bembry lineups with Claxton, if they can get away with it because they feel like they just didn't need as much shooting as they thought sure. they did, I think this will be really interesting. But even that's probably putting the cart before the horse. I think in general, I would probably return Claxton. I would bring Claxton back to the starting lineup, get all the defense. That you, and take the load off that end because I think we've just seen that when it's Harden and Durant, especially with Harden moving in this really, really positive direction, the it, it's like sort of a gluttony at off of offense at some point, and you'd like to just limit the defensive stuff on on their end if they can, right? Like yeah. I don't think you're you don't need to shoulder too much more offensive load, but if Claxton mm -hmm. can just pick up sort of the, these defensive switches, which he's elite at, and you know, and beginning to like look more and more comfortable around the rim. I, I mean, do you agree with me? I would say I would say move back in that direction. 
I, I think it makes sense because you're seeing how effective, it, it, because he's young, athletic, can get up at, at the rim, can connect with Harden on the lobs. Claxton's offensive game benefits the most with Harden. So why not start with that? And as you say, get the benefit of what he does defensively for you, all the switches. So hopefully, really, you know, to me, I think it's probably like universally true for NBA teams. You want to start out hot on the offensive end and then frustrate the team defensively. So that's what Claxton can do for you. And then when you have Harden and KD obviously doing the lifting from a scoring standpoint. So, yeah, I'd like to see that because then I think as you start to spread out those minutes, the thing that we've we've come to see firsthand time and time again with Aldrich is he's been Mr. Automatic in the mid-range. So now when you start to flex into that quote-unquote second unit and overlap some of these players, he can carry that offensive load. You mentioned... Let me. You mentioned Patty Mills because the only then question I would have is because you did also say Kyrie Irving there. It, this is all going to kind of fall into this rotational piece. We're excited about having these guys back. I agree on Claxton starting rotation. If you move Mills back to the second unit right now, Joe Harris is about halfway through the four to eight week timeline. However, whatever you want to take that as, would you keep then Mills permanently in the second unit, even in the home games when you're not going to have Kyrie Irving, or would you would you want to flip flop it? home and away and say when we don't have Kyrie that's when we use Patty Mills or or keep them in an identified role and then fill in that gap with player x I think there's there's probably a lot of options to go there as we highlighted last episode the the depth and talent is deep enough here that you can get flexible and unique with some of these rotations yeah I think we basically have thrown cons- like rotational consistency out the window at this point <laughs> so I like I don't think I would be worried too much about oh let's keep him in the six role because that's where we want to get him used six man role because we want to get him used to that or back playing that way. I think I've always kind of thought that stuff was a little overrated anyway. I think it's extremely overrated when it comes to a veteran like Patty Mills. We've seen him be like stand out in both roles so far. So mm-hmm. I don't think it would matter. I think it'd be fine just kind of moving back and forth between those two. I thought you were gonna say something crazy like Kyrie's the six man. Um oh. but uh the <laughs> <laughs> but uh I'm not, I'm not that bold you know I'll, I'll try to get Cam Thomas in the starting rotation at some point Point, but I'll, nah, that's I'm not, not happening no yeah. I know and by the way it just is well I'll, I'll say that for a second here because I want to get into some of these rookies who could fill but, but, okay, but continue. So the, uh, I think you're it's fair to say you don't lose a lot with Patty Mills he's ebbed and flowed pretty pretty yeah. effortlessly in his in his role yeah it hasn't been a problem at all it's like they're just they've won with him in coming off the bench they've won with him in the starting lineup he's been excellent he's the last guy I would worry about he seems actually sort of like the perfect guy to just say I'll just do whatever it takes for us to win. And right. that means, you know, that means, you know, coming off the bench or starting, I think he, you know, he came in with that expectation to come off the bench. He's been thrust into the starting role because all this craziness. And I think what we have to also assume is probably what we say here, December 28th, uh, you know, this for the tw- uh, December 29th show is that unless the COVID protocols reduce to nothing, we're just going to get one of these runs again, almost definitely of yeah. just guys sitting out. So I think the preparation around, just having fluidity in all these scenarios is going to be good. And I, cause like how long can we expect this full strength roster to be around for two weeks? I don't know. By the way, just... uniquely Nicholas Claxton, I think is maybe the only guy who didn't exit in this stretch since Kevin Durant went out with a hand or since James Harden, excuse me, went out with a handful of players. Then it was Kevin Durant and a handful of players. Nicholas Claxton is the only guy that's flexed over from, from both. Well, Cause he was sick for like two months before that. <laughs> sure. He prepped, he prepped for this opportunity, obviously, but it built up, point, it built up right? like the immune system for the two months that he <laughs> mysteriously sat out that no one ever explained why. So oh. I, I just don't, I just don't think, 
I think I think it's good a good exercise to do of uh, talking about this full strength scenario because I think that that is going to be something they run into in these next couple weeks as they start to at least hopefully get healthier uh, sure. all across the board. Um, and so I would do that. I would I would want to keep classic because I think that give that lineup gives you the most upside going both ways. And I I, I kind of actually think that's what they're going to do. And I hope that Aldridge is okay. Like you know you left you were a starter and you came back and you weren't. But uh, you know they, they, Nash has done. Sort of, Nash handles the, the the veterans a, a little bit differently. Okay, uh, we got a few more things to talk about here. Uh, first, let us talk about Bet Online Bowl season, baby. NFL playoffs coming up. NBA rolling through this craziness of just who's playing and who isn't. You can get into all that action over at Bet Online. They got you covered. Props, lines, odds, and everything over there. Bet Online remains your number one sport a spot for all the sports action in this season. You head on over Bet Online. You can sign up today, totally free. You're going to take a look at that new updated website. You're going to take a look at all the options. You're going to want to make a deposit. When you do, make sure you use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Basketball, football, NHL, when they come back, boxing, UFC, throwing some Vegas casino games as well. Bet online, fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the new and amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. And hey, friends, we know it's about to be the new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. If you're about to get fit, you're thinking about getting fit, you want to get fit, or if you're just thinking about eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. That's because, as you know, we've been telling you, Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even a little bit better, but it's better than a candy bar because it's low in the calories, low in the sugars, high in the protein, low in the net carbs as well. Obviously, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. Like by week three, you're just eating, I don't know, unmayonnaise tuna out of a can, like a savage over the sink. That's not the way you want to do it, man. Grab yourself a Bill Bar. It's covered 100% delicious real chocolate. And most bars contain just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. I tell you, if you head over to Bill.com right now, use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code Locked15, excuse me and get 15% off at built.com promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. The, I think, I think you're right. First of all, when it comes to the rotations, we're going to get here hit another of these bumps in the road, I think. And you just mentioned about Nash. I will say like all of a sudden we saw you needed some Blake Griffin because everything got diminished and he came in and played. And I think unlike Aldrich, because Aldrich has been a crucial part of the success here, whereas Blake kind of played himself out of a role Blake was able to come in and say, hey, I need to prove that I'm still valuable on this team, right? Unlike Aldrich, who maybe feels like he's established himself, but with his track record and the health issues, I I do feel like Aldrich also has a sense of playing with house money for the most part. Someone had mentioned over on on YouTube about, is there anybody on this roster that you'd be willing to move off of when you talk about buyout guys and that type of thing? And basically saying, like, I, I love what everyone's doing. I love James Johnson minutes. I, I love that everyone's contributing. And I think shy of Javon Carter or or maybe a Paul Millsap, and those are just guys that aren't, aren't playing very well right now, I get the idea of just wanting to keep all these pieces together, especially after this two, three-week stretch where it seems like everyone is really fully locked into contributing in whatever form or fashion Nash requires of them. Yeah, so it's funny about how their their, their line or the roster is constructed right now is that they weirdly don't have much in the way of tradable assets outside of Claxton and probably like packaged with like a Harris salary piece. Yep. And so 
Because after that, you know, Aldridge has been good, but it's not like you could ever flip him, even if you wanted to, which I don't think they do. They could never flip him into something else. Same with Blake. So all these all these veterans, it's either they're, they're crucial for the team right now, a la Mills. They have no real trade value and have some utility on the team now, a la, you know, Aldridge and Blake. The, some of the end of the bench guys, I, you know, it, we mentioned those guys like Mills having Javon Carter. I, I, they might not be on the team when it's all said and done. I'm not really sure. They have really have not given you much. The rookies probably haven't shown you enough to like for NBA teams to really feel comfortable giving up something of real value back. So it's weird about how the roster is made up right now. Like I said, Claxton is really kind of their only trade chip if they wanted to do it. And I'm not sure they do. And so, and like I said, Harris and however, you know, however the rest of the league views him um, and his money kind of helps sometimes would make, would help match some things, right. Um, in terms of salary, because these other guys don't make any money either. So you got to throw money out the door on any trade. That's going to actually make you more of a contender. So I should be interested to see. I, I, I think they probably just stand pat for the most part and then consolidate rotations around whatever's working best for who they have available. That's my guess now on December 29th or whatever, but because I don't see, I don't just don't see a lot of paths for the roster to be a lot different. And maybe I'm missing something, but I, I have thought a decent amount about this. And short of trading, and not even like trade Kyrie, like that's not happening either. So the, yeah. I, I, there's just no, there's just not a lot of avenues. I don't think for huge roster shakeup like what we saw last year, because they just kind of have all the wrong pieces to make something like that work. Well, it's also one of those things where the players on the Brooklyn Nets roster are arguably most valuable to the Brooklyn Nets roster, right? Because right. you have Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving for however many games you're going to get them. Nicholas Claxton value is that much higher. Now, there could be a team out there that would like him as being a young piece and you could start to move forward with him and some other guys. Sure. But to your point, barring you know Joe Harris's injury being lo- much longer of a timeline for his return or other significant injuries occurring here, I don't see why you would feel compelled to make an adjustment. We just came off of singing the praises of the, the switchability. You have guys that aren't necessarily known as being strong offensive players, but Harden and then Kevin Durant elevate their games with how good they are on the end of the court. So it does feel like, in a very positive way, it's like you want to be able to stand pat and say, no, all we're going to do is continue to refine and get better as the season moves along. Inside of these rotations, though, in that vein, I think the one guy, and we said this before, and I, I just want to bring I want to bring him back up because it's funny how we got this little stretch of rookies and then it all went out the window because they, they all entered protocols with Kevin Durant. Now they'll start to come back out. There's two two guys. The first one is Cam Thomas, because not too long ago when he was kind of feeling himself a little bit on the offensive end, I started to wonder how you might utilize him with with Patty Mills in this rotation, even with Kyrie coming back. It looks like he may be one of the rookies, and really I'm, I'm saying with Kessler Edwards, who also showed up, and even David Duke Jr. He's one of the guys that I think you want him to continue to play with confidence and also has a lot of, of refinement to do around his game so that he can play more consistently because he can't have a guy that's a high-volume shooter and not necessarily hitting a high percentage because that can really start to diminish you, and his defensive side of his game is, is what it is. Do you, first, do you bad. agree on that piece? It is what it is, which is, which is not bad. much. Yeah. <laughs> yes. so, um, so I just think what's going to happen is I think we sort of got this weird. I, I really think what's going to happen is this COVID, I'm just going to call it protocol time, mm-hmm. really, I think, gave a unnatural look into how much we were actually planning on ever seeing these guys. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and 
and I know I'm, I know I said a minute ago that you know things change and there's going to be more roster shakeup and maybe everyone just rolls through the COVID protocols again. I I really think the NBA is going to work really hard to try to avoid that um, going forward. And so I wonder if we just end up getting like way more David Duke and Kessler Edward, Edwards minutes than we ever thought we would, and and it makes you think like, oh, we're going to see lots more of it, and we're just not going to, right? Mm. And I think Cam maybe falls into that same category though not as much because i think they're going to still want to continue developing him as a scorer and i think that's correct because he still has you know tremendous upside if he can round out his game but again i think we need to go back to these times earlier in the season when they were healthier and th- and look that as the proxy for what's going to happen or what the plan is going to be and the plan is not just going to be it's going to be some of these guys just back down to, to the g league <laughs> until yeah. back down back yeah. over to long island and Cause just think when they, I'll put it. There's another way to think about it. when they add Kyrie, I Cam won't even play. Like because well, that, that like, was the big part of it, right? It's like it, it, once that happens, why would you try to be tapping into Cam Thomas, a rookie, for only a specific segment of games, etc.? No, they'll do it when Kyrie can't play when they're back at home. I think right. a little bit more. But when when Kyrie's on the uh, when he's actually back in the fold of the team's sort of full ish strength. I don't think we see any Cam Thomas minutes because now, I, he just he just doesn't pair he doesn't doesn't pair well with Kyrie for sp- specifically, and I just don't think you need a scoring with the rest of the guys. So I think that's just a guess, but that's kind of how I would see things playing out. No, because when you look at the backcourt and obviously home and away, we we all get that. But between Harden and then you throw in Bruce Brown and a little bit of Bembry and a, you know David Duke Jr. I think to your point, he probably starts to fall out of the rotation, continues to develop really well over in the G League. But you have the you have the right balance, the combination of offensive players, defensive value, and guys, by the way, like Bruce Brown, who have who have all the experience in the world already on this roster. So that I think changes the dynamic, certainly. The one guy I will say though, I'm still gonna go back to um for <laughs> this isn't the guy I'm going to, but obviously Dayron Sharp to your point oh, about at the start of the year. You did it. Obligatory, you gotta do it. But but, but but hear me out here, because I'm not I'm not gonna tell you that he should be playing. What I'm gonna tell you is that go back to the beginning of the year and your point, even when you didn't have Claxton, he wasn't seeing a lot of minutes. Then once you had Claxton back or when you had Lamarcus Aldridge get into the starting rotation, he still wasn't getting a lot of minutes. Yeah. So now that you feel like you have Claxton and Aldrich, and that's gonna be the path going forward, and by the way. Maybe this little resurgence from Blake Griffin and understanding he needs a little bit of rest. He's probably the guy that you're going to look to for some of those minutes. So I think Dayron Sharp safely gets himself back to the G League, at least in the short term, barring one of these other shakeups with the roster for absentees. But Kessler Edwards, when you talk about the way the rotations can work out for the Brooklyn Nets, I do think that there is this world where if you want to have Patty Mills coming off the bench and you want to have Aldrich coming off the bench, Kessler Edwards still to me over this sample size showed you the most balanced two-way game that you could utilize in combination with a lot of different looks at both ends of the floor. And the one thing we didn't get to see was him with James Harden. Remember, we were excited for that, and then he entered protocol. So I would wonder if Steve Nash will be willing to maybe tap into that and just see. And if it looks like the kid can keep playing with consistency and knocking down some perimeter shots and then giving you that little bit of length defensively out of that position, I, I think he's the one guy that maybe has sh- maybe showed enough that warrants saying he could give you 10 to 12 minutes a night, be a guy off the bench, and maybe even replace some of those Blake Griffin minutes that we're not saying like for like, but just there's value here in a different way behind everybody else they have on the roster. So I'm still holding out for, for that rookie. 
Yeah, I think I agree. I think I'd rather see I'd rather see kind of what you have with him. I definitely would rather see his minutes. I know it's not one for one, but like Paul Mill then Paul Millsap's minutes. I, right. I think there, that there's minutes there, right? That he could that he could get take away Javon Carter's minutes, take away Millsap's minutes, take away Blake Griffin's minutes. I'd rather give them to Edwards. Yeah. So I think like from that's uh, from that's and like agree that you know, understanding that we're not you know, he's they don't play the same positions, but yeah. around some of this positionless basketball, those aren't always they're not one-to-one, but they're not as far away as you would think in terms of running different combinations, uh, right? Like in the past, it was like, oh, you were a point guard and you were the backup point guard. And you just swapped in for that <laughs> one for one. That's just not how things work. So it's not crazy to say Kessler Edwards would get, you know, a Javon Carter, you know, tight minutes just because when you slot these guys around the superstars, you just don't need archetypes that are, that, you know, fit into strict boxes or, or stripped, uh, you know, square. So, no, I think that I, I, I'm, I'm with that. I still don't think I see a really totally clear path for it to happening in, in, in a lot of minutes without more injuries or stuff, but I'm, I'm totally here for it. So, all right, we'll go through some of more of these, uh, these combinations. We'll preview yeah, we Thursday's game as well uh, with, you know, I think we'll have a little clearer sense if these guys are going to have to ramp up for conditioning or not. Uh, you know, if, if, if uh, Aldridge specifically and Durant specifically are going to be able to return, we have seen some guys get cleared of protocols, but not come back right away and play. So it kind of, that doesn't go one for one always. So we'll, we'll have a better sense of that on tomorrow's episode. In the meantime, make sure you are subscribing to locked on net YouTube. All the comments have been great. Great listens on the last couple episodes, seeing those subscriber numbers continue to climb. Go check out locked on nets, YouTube channel, I'll put the sh- link in the show notes. It's New Year's, buddy. We all know what's coming. And how about this, friends? Keep it in your mind, lock it in, and utilize it. You'll never get bored when you try something new. There's really no limit to what you can do. Dr. Seuss. Oh, one of the all-time great, totally whacked-out poets. We will be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.